What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to episode 16 of season two of Hit the Books. Tons on the books today for the episode, including NFL matchups for week 14, lots of movement in the MLB, and some other news from the NHL, NBA, college football, and more. It's going to be a good one this week. And let's start it off how we start off every episode, introducing my co-hosts. No ace this week. He's performing his civil duty of coaching the NHL's future stars from the Northeast of the United States. But we can shoot it over to Hoff to get us going this week. What's going on, buddy? Week 14 is here. Yeah, like you said, another week. Week 14, we're back. Had a pretty good week in week 13. Looking to keep building on that. Um, but yeah, other than you know uh, the podcast and stuff like that, not much going on with me. I'm looking excited to get back for week 14. Yes, sir. I'm very excited for week 14 here. We'll go over records here shortly, but let's shoot it over to Mackie. You're next. What's happening? How's your week going, my man? Yeah, just another week of uh, talking sports. Love to be here. Um, Rough week last week. I I, uh, ended up in the minus. I think I was minus. It was under a unit, but uh, still minus is minus. You know, never like to be uh, in the negative units. Um, still sitting around seven, eight, seven, eight units uh, on the year. Can't really get over that ten hump, but uh, you've been can't... you've been fluctuating six, seven the entire season. But yeah, obviously I, that's uh, a good problem to have. Yeah, I can't but... complain, but you don't like to sit there. I actually shot down like I think I was negative at one point. But you I did, right you back, did dip my... the negative because Jesse uh, was our leader for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Somehow, I, somewhere. I, I was playing. A, I think I was playing around a little too much, but I, you know, I kicked it back in the gear. I'm sitting up at like seven units right now, so can't complain. Got another week ahead of us. Just gotta profit next week and following weeks on. That's the thing is like you take a. I think whenever you were doing that, I think you lost two double units back to back and like back to back weeks because you don't usually take more than one a week. So I think you lost it the one week. Or no, was was it whenever you took that under and it got fucked by a half point? Yeah, it was the under. It started with the Kelsey play, and that's where I should have just. That's right that's away. what just it was. The, the Kelsey just kill the extra unit. unit plays, man. Just kill the extra unit plays. I'm doing fine with the single units. Just keep rolling with it. That's what got me back. That's all I've been doing. Exactly. Yeah. Look at you, prime example. Yeah, Huff, you uh, you had that fourteen and zero streak going. You just got your. You finally got your first loss. Caught up to you a little. But you yeah, know, you can't complain. What are you three point plus uh, three and a half units, something like that? Five five point one seven. This Ooh, week you're heating up. Oh, this week this week I was three point two five, I think, and um five point one seven. Five point one seven. After an own fourteen start, the kid is back. That you. What's crazy is we were talking earlier, and we were kind of doing our percentages of what we're hitting at, and I think. After an own fourteen start, I'm back to hitting a fifty three percent. Mackie, you're fifty. You were right there with me, like fifty three, fifty four. You just have more plays, and then Jesse. I think Jesse's like fifty six. Jesse, do you ever do the math on what your records at? Uh, I didn't, but it's close to that. I think you're right. Yeah. So I mean, anytime you're above fifty percent, that's that's pretty legit. So I mean, that's I mean, like I said, job's not finished. So. Got to keep it up. Got to keep it up uh, through this week and next week. Obviously, we got the playoffs coming up. It'll be here before we know it. So, um, but yeah, anytime you're hitting at 53, like I think Jesse, if you're 57 or higher, that's crazy. Yeah, if you're hitting a 57 percent clip, then you know you're 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 legit. You're you know what you're talking about. That that um back to that 0 and 14 start that that 12 and one streak or whatever 11 and one streak I just went on totally just reverse that start it basically that I had. That canceled was the ex- it out almost yeah that was the exact thing i needed 
I'm hitting at 54%. All right. So I'm right around you guys. We're all neck and neck now. Sitting right there, man. We're sitting right there. I'm about a six and zero run away from being, you know, 55, 56%. Hell yeah. That's a th- that's the thing is you have so many plays, so it's like you would if you went on like a four game win streak, it would help you, but it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't it, as it much. It would do less than what if you went on a four game. Yeah, streak. I was just gonna say that because I have I've we have less plays. Yeah, yeah. I tried to calm it down a little recently. Um, I just like to you know I just like to get some plays out there. If I like something, I like to. I like to play, you know. Don't want to, you don't you don't like to miss opportunities. I the worst is when you look at something and you like it and then it hits but you didn't take it and you're yeah, just exactly. fucking Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm looking all time so many... all time remorse of like, come on, I looked at it, I liked it. Like that's me anytime like I look at some crazy prop, I'm like I like it, but I'm not going to take it. I'm like, but now that I'm not going to take it, it's going to hit and I'm going to be fucking pissed that I missed out on some crazy bet, but I mean, it's obviously the name of the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you knew it was gonna happen after it happens, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Great stuff there, boys. Let's go over our records here. Week thirteen in the NFL. Huff leading the pack this week, going four and one plus three and a quarter units. Myself behind him, going three and two plus just over a half a unit, point five eight units. Mackie behind me, four and five, minus just shy of a unit, 0.85 units. And Ace behind him going five, six, and one, minus an even two units. We need a solid week here in week 14. Can I just say something real quick? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, this is like a, basically a prime example of just like keeping it simple. You see Huff has five plays, Jesse has five plays. They're both in the positive. Me and Ace sitting, uh, got a little more plays. I'm a little under positive and... Ace sitting at two under two units this week with twelve plays. So you know, it's just something me and Ace probably got to cut down on a little. It's just pushing plays. You know, if it's, if you, if there's nothing there, there's nothing there. So I think that's I a what you mean. big thing that could. Uh, well said. Well said. Cards. Well said, Mackie. Let's jump into some headlines across the other leagues. The NHL is first. I got two quick points here. The Canucks. Luke Shen passes Brooks Orpik. For most hits by an NHL defenseman on Saturday night. Coming in with 2,947 hits. Big milestone there for him. That's kind of wild. He didn't even know that he passed it. Um, according to the interview that he did after the game. Uh, they were telling him and he was like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Was it him or his brother that got their skate cut open and then scored an OT winner? Or their stomach cut open, got stitched up in the locker room and then scored an OT winner with the Flyers? Weren't they both Flyers? I think so. I think it was the I think it was Braden Shen the the forward. I think you're, it I think it was Braden. Mm-hmm. He used to be gross. His, the what's the brother's name? Luke. He's he was never yeah. bad, but obviously Braden was scoring all the goals, so he always looked sick. But yeah, I know what you mean. Six that. Heck yeah. With that, his assist on Lightning's second goal Thursday night against the Flyers puts the captain of the Lightning, Steven Stamkos to become the 95th player in NHL history to accumulate 1,000 career points. Another great milestone. I feel like you see a lot of players uh, this year hitting 1,000 games, 1,000 points. Phil's Iron Man, a lot of good stuff this year. Stamkos, obviously. I feel like after those two cups, I feel like he's getting the respect that he deserves. But before those two Stanley Cups and Tampa Bay was known as that team that just couldn't get over the edge, 
I mean, I feel like he was one of the most underrated players in the NHL, just consistently. I mean, even now, I don't even know how old he is. He's probably he's mid to late 30s, still scoring goals every night. Every other night, he's still on a tear. So Tampa Bay is still legit. I know they lost last night to Detroit, but um, they're still a wagon, the team that's going to be there in the playoffs, obviously. So, And when you're led by a guy like Stamkos, Kucherov, and all those kind of veterans that have been there, done that at this point of their career now, um, it's no surprise to see Stamkos get this 1,000th point uh, with still several years left in his career. So um, I think we'll be seeing him maybe go for 1,100 over the next couple of years. So um, like you said, anytime a guy gets 1,000, we saw Malkin do it, or the 1,000 games, not 1,000 points, sorry. But uh, anytime you see that number associated with the NHL, it's like, what, 10 seasons or something? When you think about 1,000 points, that's crazy. So um, a guy like Stamkos, like I said, I've, I feel like he was so underrated for so long. That's ten top tier seasons. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah right. hundred points yeah. in a season is no no easy task. Yeah, it's and he's had how he's had fifty goals how many times? Yeah, I mean, guy, guy's just a stud, well deserved. Knew he'd get there sooner or later. Great milestone for him, and lots of good stuff out of the NHL. Uh, we are trying to release picks as much as possible when we all agree on them. So make sure to check out our social media accounts for those. Let's jump over to the NBA real quick. The Maurice Podolov, hope I'm saying that right, trophy is a new award that will be named after the first commissioner of the NBA. It is awarded to the team with the best record in the league after 82 games. The trophy featured a crystal ball cut into 82 panels sitting on a pedestal that combines the structures of the Eastern Conference posts and the Western Conference rings. I put a picture in the outline for all you guys to see. I think it's a pretty interesting looking trophy, but I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts, uh, similar to the President's Trophy in the NHL and such. What do you guys think? Mackie, when Jesse showed me this, I was saying, all this tro- I said, it's a cool trophy. All it really does is tell me which team to not bet to win the finals. Actually, in the NBA, in the NBA that's, it's usually the best team, or at least I feel like the Bucks. Didn't the Bucks have the best record that year? Or was it the, yeah. did the Suns? A lot of the times in the NBA, the I mean, that's the NBA. Usually the best team wins, but um, the Warriors, the year they went 73-9, and nine, that wouldn't have hit. But So, it's. I mean, this is cool. It's just it is a sick-looking trophy. trophy. I wish that was like the MVP trophy. Yeah, this thing is dope. It's like a glass basketball or whatever they said, crystal ball. Crystal, crystal ball, ball with 82 panels. panels. Yeah, they had this. They had to say crystal ball. It can't just be a glass basketball. Yeah, like Jesus Christ, I right. hate the NBA. This league, this league, man. It's a sick trophy, though. But like yeah, I said, cool. I mean, I don't have an NBA team in my city, but I'm just an avid fan. That's nothing really. Sick trophy, though. But certain team i feel like we'll just see the same six teams hoist that over the next five years or six years you know what i mean but definitely it's the nba it's the only thing i got out of the nba this week so let's jump into some college football first up number three tcu at minus one and a half falls to number 10 kansas state at minus 108 money line in the big 12 championship off of a field goal in overtime 31 to 28 TCU will remain number three after the loss to clinch their spot in the college football playoff. With that, number four, USC at minus two and a half falls to number 11, Utah. They were a plus 120 money line on Friday by a score of 47 to 24. 
The loss will eliminate USC from the college football playoff. Two big upsets here, boys. What do we think about these? Yeah, we had a big uh, championship Saturday. Obviously, the USC game is on Friday. Uh, we had a big college football weekend. Uh, obviously, like you said, a couple of upsets. These, just to name a few. Um, we had Michigan dominate Purdue. Um but these two games on Friday, I had Utah in this uh, game against USC. Mackie, I know we were talking back and forth on this one uh, before the game. I thought we were going to end up getting a couple college football plays, but um, we ended up being on opposite sides, at least a couple of us on some of these plays. And I know Saturday we weren't really looking too many to, or into too many of those games. But Utah goes down, what was it, 17-3 to in the first half. Looks like they're about to get absolutely blown out. USC is now looking like a serious contender to win the national championship in the first half of that game immediate flip of the tide whenever Caleb Williams goes down kind of looked like he was battling injury at parts of that game I know he still played a hell of a game but I know at certain points they were acting like he uh, I think he cut his hand or something um and obviously he was struggling with that being a quarterback you don't never want to have a hand injury or an arm injury as a quarterback but I think he threw for 300 something yards so uh USC still battled back but the defense for USC couldn't get the job done letting Utah score 40 some points so um, Utah upsets and wins a Pac-12. That's what I'm. I texted literally everyone about that game. Um, I feel like just the Pac-12 loves to kill other Pac-12 teams in the college football playoff um, from the rankings, and obviously we see USC get eliminated in that spot. So um, I think I'm going to stand by that take for years come. Anytime Oregon's back in the mix or a Washington, any of these teams, they're they're not built for the playoff. They always lose in the Pac-12 championship in a game they shouldn't. But I know that Utah. I think what was it? A two and a half point spread. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like it's always Utah too. It's always Utah's never good enough to be in the question for the college football playoff, but they're always a the team to beat the team that's in question for the college football playoff. They do it a so lot. Then, that man Washington, Washington does yeah, it a lot too. So then they always win the Pac-12 and they end up as like an eight seed playing in a sick bowl game, but they're never actually in the question for the college football playoff. It's just exactly every year it's the same thing. But that kid Cameron Rising had a really good game. He threw for three touchdowns, over two hundred fifty yards. I think over three hundred yards as well. Um, I mean, 47 points against the top five team in the country. You know, and obviously the fuck Utah and Caleb Williams fingernails that 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 didn't age well. That's not at Utah though, because he did that against the last team. He did he did too. it for every game. He did yeah, it for like so, literally I mean, every team this year. But whatever, it is what it is. this is the first time it got season. like publicized. It's the second. That's the second loss of the season to the uh, same team. So you know. Yeah. If you if you're a Heisman quarterback, you don't lose to the same team twice in college football. No. No. It says a lot about it. So you know it'll be. He's nice still going to win that. the Heisman though. I don't know. It'll be close, man. It'll be close. You think? Yeah. I mean, what are the odds on? It? I think he, I, he isn't he only only like minus one forty, minus one fifty. Dude, I saw like I know this. I know a lot can change in three weeks, but three weeks ago he was like minus a thousand. Yeah, three weeks ago he he was going to the college football playoff. So who is it? St- I know this it's, is another point. Let's just CJ get into Stroud. this real quick. I have him listed down there. Go, just go through the Heisman candidates. Let's get into this real quick. Yeah, the Heisman candidates. Stetson, ben- Stetson Bennett, Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, and Max Dugan are named the four finalists for the Heisman Trophy this year. All right, so Max Dugan's going because TCU have made the playoff. He has no business. He's not even going to get any votes. He's I don't not think. winning it. Stetson um, Bennett is not winning it either. It's between Stroud yeah. and, and Caleb Williams. Yeah, Stetson Bennett's just going because obviously he's the he's been the one seed for two years, um, hasn't really done anything to ruin it or not be there. Even though I said I texted in the group and I said Hendon Hooker got absolutely screwed 
by Max Dugan and Stetson Bennett. I don't care either one of them. Hendon Hooker should be there over either two of those players. I know Max Dugan has had a pretty good year, uh, and is mostly the reason that TCU is having a pretty good season. Um, I know they have a pretty good defense, but um, he's the reason that they're the three seed. I know they lost and stayed the three seed, which kind of makes no sense. Um, they should have just played. They want Ohio State, Michigan national championship, but Georgia's not losing. I don't think, but I think they I don't should, know. Dude, it, it, it's the same exact thing as when Ohio State beat Clemson in twenty twenty. See, I was thinking it's kind of like the Michigan, the Michigan TCU game. I don't even think that's gonna be close to you. No, Michigan's gonna blow them out. I don't think TCU yeah. should be even be in the college football. No, playoff. I know we had this conversation. I just I, don't think the big dude. The Big Twelve carries no weight. The Big Twelve is so bad, and that's why Michigan, Texas and Oklahoma are on their way out. Like TCU, yeah, but the thing is that Texas, Texas and Oklahoma literally aren't that good. Like Oklahoma was, I think, literally the worst team. In the they big were bad this year. year. They were I bad. I think they were literally in the bottom of the standings. Yeah, they were bad. But I, I don't know. I just don't think the Big Twelve carries any weight. They're gonna go up against this Michigan defense, and Max Dugan's not gonna know what hit him, dude. He's gonna have no idea what to do out there. This, he's gonna this get Michigan blown out team, by thirty points. This Michigan team got better from last year, and I know they got wiped in the first round by Georgia. But uh, this Michigan team, I, I, if I had to pick a national champion right now, I, I like Michigan. Uh, I just, I mean, it's too. Easy I think you to get the best Georgia. value. I think you get the best value on Michigan because. They have to play. They have to play a semifinal game too. There's a chance they lose a TCU. I don't think it happens, but I is like their chances. To g- is it like? Are we gonna see a Michigan uh, Ohio State? The game national, national championship. championship? I, it's definitely what they want. Yeah, it's but, definitely what they want. I think it's very. Because I, I, I think they, I think they know that there is no chance. I mean, oh, I don't know, dude. I think they want revenge at Georgia. Oh, if I'm a college football player and I'm that good and I know and I think I'm the best in the nation, I want revenge at the team that beat me last year. Yeah, if I'm Michigan, I'd rather play Georgia in the national championship than Ohio State at this point. You just beat Ohio State in their own dome. It's going to be so hard to beat them Do again. Do it again. You don't want to play them again. You don't want to play Ohio State again. They are. Yeah, and I just they don't want... think that Georgia is as good as they were last year, so obviously. Exactly. Increases their chances good. a little. They're just good. I mean, obviously they're good, but I don't know. I like Michigan's spot here. I think, obviously, I think they beat TCU and they get to the championship, and then obviously it's anyone's game there. I think they're locked in for an added championship. Yeah. Playing TCU, TCU is just a joke of a team. I, I can't watch believe TC, that. Watch I TCU win. Michigan blows it again. It's, not even gonna, not, it's literally not even a question. What's the spread in the game? It's got to be like nine and a half. I think it's nine and a half. I know uh, Georgia is only six and a half, which is watch the fucking eighty percent of the public will take Michigan, and me and you will be like, "Come on, we're gonna take TCU." <laughs> TCU Michigan. <laughs> no, if I'm forced to bet on TCU, I will not bet at all. I'd take like the over. No, I'd probably take the under. I don't think TCU is gonna even score. And Georgia's either gonna smoke Ohio State. Are by these 25. lines out? Yeah. Are these lines up? I know it's so far in advance, so I don't, I don't really want to like get into what I would like on these games because it's gonna change. Right. Yeah, definitely. TCU and Michigan. Michigan's favored at seven and a half. Over under sitting at fifty eight and a half. Ohio State, Georgia. Georgia sitting at the six and a half point favorite. Sixty one and a half is the total. I'm teasing Michigan, bro. They have props 
They already have lines for matchups for the championship game. If yeah, it's they Georgia do that. TCU, Georgia's a 15 and a half point favorite. Gee. And if it's Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio State's a three point favorite. What? Yep. Oh. Georgia, Georgia would be seven what's, and a half over Michigan. Which Michigan, Georgia? Georgia would be seven and a half over Michigan. Wow. Ohio State would be ten and a half over TCU. What would Michigan and TCU or Michigan place TCU? Can you imagine Ohio State and TCU in the national championship? That'd be the stupidest national championship <laughs> of all time. Oh my god, it would never happen. That's cool that they do that though. I like that. That's crazy that they have those lines already. So how about Alabama not making the college football playoff for the second time since the new four-team format, beginning back in 2014? Mackie was pulling for this team. I I, I was pulling for this team because I, <laughs> it, it's so annoying, dude, because like Nick Saban said it We're best. We're fans. Like, we want to see the best games. I don't want to see TCU. Exactly. If you think about it, Alabama plays TCU tomorrow. What's the spread on that game? It's at least eight, eight and a half points. Alabama. Yeah. Why are you putting a team? I mean, it could be in TCU and Alabama would be favorite. If TCU won the Big Twelve and they went undefeated, okay, throw them, you. There's nothing you can do about that. You got to put them in. They win a Power Five conference. I can't. They go undefeated lost. all season. Throw them in the college football playoff. You lost to Kansas State, who is tenth. Not they. They're not even a top twenty team in the country. I don't think. I. I don't think I think there's at least eight teams in the SEC that are better than them. Um and then you're, you're gonna throw right. them in a game against Michigan where they're literally gonna get shit pumped. They're not even like it's just gonna be a joke of a time. Alabama is such a better team. You want the best outcome. You want the best two teams going up against each other. You want the four best teams in college football playing in that game. Alabama is the top four team in the country. And TCU is definitely not. That's that's the only was- thought on it. The ultimate killer was Hendon Hooker getting hurt because Tennessee was making it. Yeah, I mean Tennessee. I think fifth. Tennessee's right behind them. I know. I, th- I think I think Alabama is better than Tennessee, though. Even though I know, but Tennessee the committee wants new t- new teams, new colors. That's what they say. That's why TCU's in, I guess. But you know how boring it is when every fucking team in the Nash- in the college football playoffs red and some form of red and white or red and black. Ohio State. Remember the one year it was Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia. I was like, the it's to enough like red. Uh, it's enough red. Yeah, let's get like so I like when LSU's there. Like get the they're purple just in there. yeah, like Auburn. Even though I hate Auburn as a school, I just think they have dope uniforms. Let's get some, let's get a dub V national championship maybe in the next yeah, okay. fucking fifteen years. We'll see a Marshall National Championship before Doug <laughs> Penn State's probably next. You have your best chance next year. Yep. Looking forward to it. Penn State plays WVU next year. Very excited for that. We will be going to that game at Beaver Stadium in October. That will be a 17.5 point spread. Right. But we'll have fun. I'll probably take WVU, though. They'll be bad. It's going to be a fucking... That game will be crazy. One more thing here out of the 
college football. One more thing out of college football. Deion Sanders has agreed to become the next coach of the University of Colorado. Sanders led Jackson State to a SWAC championship in 2022 and has a record of 27-5 over three seasons as the head coach. I think he's going to bring a lot of good talent to the University of Colorado. You guys got anything on this? Yeah, he's definitely bringing a lot of talent to Colorado, not only from a coaching standpoint. Um, he already said, uh, I don't. I watched the interview of his first meeting with the team in Colorado. Um, if you guys didn't watch it or even see clips of it, I definitely would watch it. It's like an 11-minute video of him talking to, this, talking to the Colorado football team. It's like just pure Deion Sanders. He walks around the whole, the whole like his quote that he keeps saying throughout the speech is I'm coming. And he's like, you know, I got my coaching staff. Like the, the, the Colorado coaching staff is in the room and he's basically saying, he's like, I got dogs coming with me. I got coaches coming with me. He's like, and he points to his son. He's like, there's your quarterback. He's coming. We're coming. And he's just like, I got dogs coming. And now you hear Travis Hunter, the kid that went to Jackson State, to for obviously he's boys with Shador. Um, he's going to Colorado. So Colorado's going to be a legit team. Look for them to be the team that fucks shit up in the Pac-12 next year. Um, maybe bounces a team out from the college football playoff. Yeah, I mean, they're, they've are they been pretty brutal these last few years. So I don't think they won a game this year. 1-11? Yeah, bringing in Deion's huge for this organization. I'm actually a big fan of this organization. They family out in Colorado, and this is one of the first football games I've ever been to. So, uh, I root for this team. So it's nice to see their that. stadium's sick. It's, yeah, it's, it's and it's like an awesome just environment. Got the got the mountains right there and everything. It's just cool. Love it out there. Yeah, Dion, you gotta watch that video. All right, yeah, that is gonna do it for college football. We are gonna move over to the MLB. Obviously, MLB off season, free agency got rolling over the past week. A uh, couple of big names, uh, several big names on the move. Uh, one being your former ace, Jacob DeGrom, signs a five-year, $185 million contract with the Texas Rangers. Uh, leaving the New York Mets and like what you said, one of the best rotations in baseball. Um, what do you think? As coming from a Mets fan, how do you feel about DeGrom headed south to Texas? Yeah, obviously you just don't like to see it, but I can't say I'm not surprised yet. Yeah, um, obviously reached Did you out. actually see that coming? I didn't think he was going to leave. Yeah, 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 because he it was such a big thing about him going to Texas and having tax-free contract and just playing. And they're also building something down there. They're, they're, they just tried that. I mean, they just uh, signed that Heaney guy, Andrew Heaney. So they're uh-huh. getting a little uh, pitching rotation going down there. They're building around Seager, and they're just doing what they can down there. I mean, signing to ground, best pitcher, best pitcher in baseball as long as he can stay healthy. So, I mean – um. Obviously, I don't like the move, and I, I don't like that he left, but it is what it is. I mean, he's been doing everything for the Mets these past few years, and he's been injured on and off. I, th- I think there's something wrong with our uh, trainers or whatever it is, because him, <laughs> once, once Scherzer got there, I mean, he was injured all the time, too. So maybe Verlander could figure it out. So Yep, and right um, there, Verlander, that's who they go and get Verlander on a two-year, $86 million deal. Yeah, so you swap you swap him out. Obviously, I think we lose a little here, even though Verlander was uh, – did he win Cy Young last year? I think he did, yeah. If he, a, wasn't, if yeah. he, didn't, win it, if he didn't win it, he was second. Um, yeah, obviously, he was running off a sick year. He's just, uh, just getting up there in age, so hopefully he can keep yeah. it going. Still got Scherzer and uh, Verlander right now, so. 
Mitch still got some. The, your starting rotation is just so old. Yeah, I know. I know. But imagine Scherzer, Degrom, and, and uh, Verlander. I mean, that's that's the best. Oh my god! If they would have just seen. got Verlander and kept Degrom, that'd be gross. I don't think we would have got him with the, if we get if we kept no. Degrom. No. No. That no. just cleared up so much space. And the Dodgers making a couple of moves, bringing back Clayton Kershaw. I feel like a lot of people saw that one coming. Uh, one that kind of was from out of left field, at least in my opinion, former NL MVP Cody Bellinger has agreed to a one-year deal with the Chicago Cubs. Um, Bellinger, obviously, the past couple of years, um, Bellinger, Yelich, there was kind of that the, that year or two where those two were tearing it up in the NL, and uh, they were kind of they everyone thought they were going to be the next face of the league, and obviously Bellinger lived up to it, and Yelich too, but on different levels, but. Um, Heading to Chicago. Chicago's another team. I thought they were kind of building something, and then you see today they let Wilson Contreras go right across the division to St. Louis for nothing when the Mets were trying to trade for Wilson Contreras last season or this offseason. I could be uh, wrong on that one. I don't know when exactly it was, but I heard the Mets were trying to give them all kinds of prospects for Wilson Contreras, and the Cubs didn't want anything to do with it. Um, because I don't know why uh, they just let him sign and get nothing in return inside the division. So I don't really know what the Cubs' plan is here. But you let the Cardinals pick up another elite catcher. Um, they're just going to move right from Molina to Contreras. So um, a lot of big moves. A couple other ones. Um, Trey Turner headed to Philly, back with Bryce Harper, played together in Washington, um, and then Josh Bell. I know. Philly is going to be right back in the mix. Obviously, the former NL champs, so um, or the defending NL champs, I should say. But yeah, the NL uh, Josh East is just raking right now. Honestly, the, that division is going to be so good. And like top three teams, see, I mean, that's two straight NL East reigning National League champs. So yeah, and Kenley Jansen coming out of uh, the Braves, leaving the NL East, going to the Red Sox today on a two-year deal. I saw that one too. Um, mm-hmm. Ace was talking about that, but. Uh, Josh Bell, just to name another one, uh, one of my guys I root for in the MLB, obviously <clears throat> a former Pirate. So uh, he's been a fun player to watch. Headed to Cleveland on a two-year, $33 million deal uh, with an opt-out after the first season. So um, Bell headed to Cleveland. I think that's a good spot for him. I think Cleveland's another team in the AL. They could be kind of sneaky next season uh, if they get the pitching that they expect from guys like Plesak and Bieber. Um, that's a team that um, they really can do whatever – I like their offense with Jose Ramirez and guys like Naylor and the big bats, but um, you had a guy like Josh Bell at first base. I think that's a good spot for him. But um, Yeah, the team, I mean, they're coming off the divisional win. Obviously, it's a weaker division. and um, Exactly. They, it's a weak division. Out, I mean, they, they came out on top, though, and at the end of the season, they uh, they definitely like, pulled away and had a respectable first-place record. I think they won over 90, 93 games, 94 games. So the team's pretty good, and you know, you're just adding pieces. It's young, too, so. The team could be pretty good. It could uh, spice things up over there in the AL. Yeah, and then last but not least, well, yeah, probably least, Pirates center fielder Brian Reynolds informs the team that he wishes to be traded. Um, I've heard a couple rumblings around that there's double-digit teams interested in him. I didn't really expect that many teams. I feel like he had kind of a down year last year. I know he was the best in batting average and whatever. had a pretty good season, um, but I didn't expect him to have this many suitors for him to be traded to parts will fuck it up somehow um we'll see what we can do we just got the number one overall pick but like in baseball that doesn't even mean anything i won't see that guy whoever we draft i won't see him for five years um 
Pirates are obviously we know what they are. They are what they are. They're kind of like the fucking Browns of the MLB, but at least we have a couple rings, five back in the back in the day. But nowadays they're ass. They'll find a way to fuck this up. So another superstar on the way out of town, Brian Reynolds. Um, we signed him to a huge deal, not a huge deal, but like I feel like that's why all these teams are interested in him. Is we signed him to a, I don't know how many years it was, but he's making like seven million a year, and you know what I mean to the Yankees. They're like. Seven million, yeah, we'll pay that. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's the uh, MLB. There's no salary cap in the MLB, so it screws everything. They're up. just like, like just, to some of those teams, like they just paid Judge what forty million a year uh, to go to, to stay in New York, and now these the guys like Reynolds that make seven, six, seven million, they're like, uh, yeah, we'll trade you three prospects that you're never gonna see in your life or for the next three seasons for him, who's a current All Star center fielder. Yeah, center exactly. fielder. <clears throat> it's just a. Uh, but it looks like another another tough season coming for the Pirates, but obviously just getting younger and younger, but we'll see what ends up happening. I think it's obviously comes from the front office on down, so not much not much coming us from the Pirates, but I think that's not much else coming from the MLB. I think I hint, I did hint at Judge staying in New York. That was a big the big talk of the MLB offseason. Um I think it was what, three hundred and sixty million, nine years, making a hundred and ten thousand dollars a day, so uh, he made out all right staying in New York and living on that legacy and and with the Yankees. So, um, yeah, let's. I think we're ready to jump over maybe some uh, NFL Week 14. Good stuff there, boys. Yes, it is time for Week 14. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good games to cover. So let's get started. I got some trends coming out of Week 14 last week. Favorites went 13 and 1 and 1 straight up and 10 and 5 against the spread. Their best week of the season. Very impressive there for the favorites. Also this week, the Chiefs will clinch the AFC West this weekend with a win over the Broncos, combined with the Chargers lost to the Dolphins. So very interesting combination there for a clinching opportunity for the Chiefs. But the first game we got here is Thursday night, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Rams. The Raiders are our favorite here at minus six and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 260 and the over-under sitting at 44 and a half. The trends I got here are that the Rams are 2-12 against the spread in their last 14 non-conference games. The Rams have lost six straight and are 3-10-1 against the spread in their last 14. And the Raiders are 0-8 against the spread in their last eight games as the road favorite. So very poor trends across the board there for both teams. But what do you think, Mackie? Uh, yeah, this is going to be a, a pretty shitty Thursday night football game. Basic, uh, classic Thursday night football game that we have uh, we all know and love. This one's going to be interesting because Baker Mayfield was just signed two days ago, or yesterday, to the, uh, to the Rams team. And you wouldn't think that he would normally play two days after being signed to a team. But Sean McVay is saying that he will be active. Not that he's going to start, but he, he, he's leaning towards him being active. He wants him to be active. Um, especially if John Wolford is out, obviously he's uh, questionable right now. So if he's out, then you're you're more likely to see uh, Baker suit up for this game. Um, that being said, I don't really think that changes that much because he wouldn't be playing. He wouldn't be he wouldn't uh, well he might play, but he wouldn't be starting. And I don't really think he uh, would be able to change the out- outcome of this game really that much with a two day two days notice of uh, the playbook. So. With that being said, I do really like the Raiders right now. They're uh, they're kind of rolling. They what are they, two three in a row right now? So, um, 
you know, Devontae Adams is finding his way. Derek Carr is finding uh, his way w- with Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs is rolling right now. Um, the team just looks a lot better. They look a lot more like they uh, like they should have to start the season. Um, a lot of money coming in on this team, so I don't really know about the spread right now. I do think the, the Raiders find a way to get this win as the Rams are just falling off a cliff right now. So, um, Aaron, yeah, Raiders right now, Aaron right? Donald's out. Yeah, Aaron Donald is still out. I forgot about that. Yeah, this Rams team doesn't really have much going for them, but this is a tough spread, especially with 91% of the public money on, on uh, Las Vegas. So, I don't know. Huff, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. Obviously, Raiders are a wagon right now. They've had things going for them <clears throat> over the past couple of weeks. But um, interesting spot for Baker in this in this situation for me. Uh, like you said, not many times, if ever, you've seen a player get traded um, and then play a game on Thursday night in the same week, uh, let alone start a quarterback. Maybe sometimes a skill position. A wide receiver will run a couple of routes. Not much changes from the receiver position. But uh, Baker's going to come into a very – I mean – imagine complex offense everyone talks up Sean McVay and the offensive mastermind and you know coaching mastermind that he is um but I think McVay is able to keep things simplified if Baker is has to go in he's going to use what he knows uh running back like Cam Akers who's had kind of a resurgence uh kind of a weird part of the start of the season mid start of the season uh for him with the they were requesting a trade and he wasn't playing uh now he's back he has like 300 yards in the year so he's gotten things he's gotten his feet under him over the past couple of weeks um the Rams at home in this spot is the only thing that kind of scares me with a six and a half point spread. I think the Rams, if you see Baker, I don't know. I think he, I said it with the Panthers. He's a very prove it type of player, and I think he wants to come out and make a statement in his first game with the Rams as a prime time. Um, I don't think that all the injuries are, you know, on necessarily his mind. He's just there to win a game. Um, I don't like the Rams' situation to win this thing, but um, like you said, the spread is going to be so tough. I don't love it, but. Right now, I'm leaning Raiders, but I wouldn't be surprised with that kind of money if it just keeps increasing or even that. It's tough to take the Raiders when you see that much money, and especially a primetime game, uh, maybe an under. I think uh, Josh Jacobs is able to control this game. He's having a 1,300-yard season. Um, I don't know if he's still the rushing leader, but he was a couple of weeks ago. So uh, Rams defense that's going to give up points, but I don't necessarily know if this Rams offense is going to score a ton. I think the Raiders might struggle. Derek Carr, not necessarily um, the most consistent player. I know he's been having a good season so far, but um, might be tough to take an under against Devontae Adams in the kind of weeks that he's been having over the past couple of games. Mackie, you said it. It's going to be a... Well agreed. Yeah. It's going to be a shitty game. Yeah. It's going to be a shitty game. I mean, this, this is the definition classic. of a Thursday night game. I haven't taken exactly. a pick on a couple of Thursday night games. This might be another one. This reminds me of, like, that Titans-Jags the color rush game where they just had the the uh, the mucus jerseys for fucking <laughs> the Jags. With the fade helmets? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just prime Thursday night football action. <laughs> Looks like D3 football. Yeah, literally. Both those teams, two and five on the road this season. It's going to be a rough one. So let's move into our Sunday slate. The first game at one o'clock is the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. I think this is the game that everyone's been talking about the most this week. The Lions are the favorite at two and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 142 in the over under sitting at 52 and a half. Vikings 10 and two this season. Lions five and seven. 
no trends from me in this one, but what do we think about this one o'clock matchup, Huff? Um, yeah, what is this, this is going to be a, exactly. This is going to be a really under, tough game to call. I, Vegas, what the like? What are you doing? Is somebody out that I'm not aware of? I mean, from what I checked, the Vikings have basically everyone in that you would want. Patrick Peterson's questionable with an illness. A couple guys questionable with illnesses. Maybe that's what uh, this shaking up this line. Daniel Hunter questionable illness. Harrison Smith illness. Uh, all these guys questionable, but um, you'd think by Sunday they might be able to get back in the lineup, but. Uh, in a tough divisional game, I'm not saying the Vikings need to win this game, but not can't really afford to lose one here if they want that one seed. And I think the Eagles will slip up at some point. Uh, and if the Vikings keep things rolling, they will have their chance at that one seed. But um, in this spot, it is tough. I do lean Vikings cause, just because it doesn't really make sense. But I think a lot of people are going to be thinking the same thing. Uh, I don't necessarily know if I love a side on this one. I think you'll see points in this game, though. Um, what do we have the over-under set at? 52 and a half. So it's expecting. That's high. I might tease this under to be a little lower, maybe 46 and a half. I think you see a lot of points in this game. Uh, I just don't love a 42 and a half point uh, over under. It's tough. 52 and a half. that many points is 52 and a half. My bad. Uh, especially, that's what I meant. But it's tough. if it was 42 and a half, I'd love it. But um, Kirk Cousins, um, Jared Goff, they've both been rolling. I like Jamal Williams, touchdown. Obviously, he's been getting in every week. Um, he's been free money over the past couple. There's he's his odds are starting to slip down and down, kind of like Jonathan Taylor was last year. Uh, I saw Jamal Williams one spot at minus one seventy five last week. Anytime touchdown on one of my apps, I was like, yeah, no thanks. Um, but Justin Jefferson, he's been a dog. Had a good game last week. Not necessarily his best, but got the touchdown late. Vikings got the win. I think the Vikings keep things rolling here. I don't know if I love a side on the spread, but I like the Vikings. I always say divisional matchup, give me the points. And why is the team that's better getting points? Makes no sense. I think a lot of people are going to be thinking that too. But right now I'm on the Vikings. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm kind of on the Lions. <laughs> I just, this is just You're just thinking the exact, me. are you thinking the exact same thing as me? It makes no sense. So you're it just makes taking no the Lions? Sense. It makes no sense. But like really the NFL is weird this year, dude. Like anybody can really be anybody aside from maybe the Houston Texans. Um, Lions are four and five in their last five games, or four and one That's in their the last thing is five the line, games. The Lions have been rolling, and that Dude. team is playing for Dan Campbell, who I think has become a pretty good coach over the past couple of weeks. And his team is very, playing for him. They're riled up. This is a, very not a team coach. that you want to divisional, play. Divisional matchup. I mean, his team only lost in the last five weeks to the Bills on t- on a Thanksgiving day Thanksgiving. by a field goal. I mean, I mean, this team's like, like not even that bad. I mean, you have Jared Goff, Monroe playing out of their minds right now. Um, the defense is kind of rolling. You can only give 28 points to, to um, Josh Allen on his home field. I mean, actually, they were in Detroit. But um, I don't know. I just think I, I, I something's fishy about this game. It's not even a lot of money coming in on Minnesota. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like Detroit. I think that they can get it done. I think uh, divisional matchup is really going to mess with Minnesota Vikings. And I really don't think Minnesota is that good. I think they're... They're a fraud ten and two team, just like the Eagles are a fraud eleven and one team. Shout out Jimmy Beal. Um, yeah, I like I like Lions. I like Lions. Uh, Beal catches more backhanded compliments on this podcast than anyone. Yeah, I've been chirping him. I've been chirping him up until these these next few weeks. We've been chirping him since that, day one. Oh my god, that Dallas coming up. That's gonna oh, he's gonna hear it from me. I'm excited for that one. Hey, let me ask you this, Mackie. Do you think? Who do you think is a 
not necessarily better chance. But if you had to place a future on one of these teams right now to win the Super Bowl, Vikings or Eagles? Definitely, definitely the Eagles. Like a thousand percent. Eagles are not... I, I, I genuinely don't think the Vikings are good enough to win a playoff game. Eagles can come out of the NFC. They're just not 11-1 good. The NFC really isn't very strong right now. I mean, you have the Niners, who I thought were front runners before Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Now you got, what the hell is his name? Brock, Brock Purdy, Purdy running, Mr. Irrelevant. That offense right now. So that Dude, team's he's kinda, good. They're not, what's he going to do in the playoffs? Not, not nothing. He's going to be like exactly. Taylor Heineke. So you take that team out of the play. Then you have the Vikings, Cowboys, and Eagles. I don't think the Vikings are... I mean, we saw the Vikings get blown out by the Cowboys, and they basically got blown out by the Eagles, too. So, honestly, the Viking, I think this, Is there a chance the Vikings play the Cowboys? If um, if the Cowboys come in last in the wild card, but that's basically impossible yeah, at this not- point. I just... I, 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 being a Cowboys fan, I don't really see any tough matchups for us this year coming out of the NFC. I think we own, we, we'll own the Eagles with Dak. I don't uh, like showed... that you guys smoked Minnesota, though. Oh, my God. I'm not scared of them at all, especially Kirk Cousins in a in a winner-go-home game. Get out of here. The only team I'm scared of is the Niners, and they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo, so I'm no longer scared of that team. Yeah. So that's why, uh, I, I don't know. The Eagles can definitely come out of the NFC, N- NFC, though. Especially if they can get, like, a matchup against the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. I mean, they're they're... They'll own them. They'll smoke them. Jalen Hurts will run all over that defense. And he'll throw a perfect dime to A.J. Brown in the end zone. Who do you think comes out of the NFC? I kind of like Dallas. Yeah, I feel like it's just too biased to say it, but I think we're definitely the best best team in the NFC right now. But it's also like last year I liked them too, and then I bet the 49ers in the first round. That was such a so, bad matchup for us, though. Dude, I mean, we Debo don't have killed we, you guys. That we don't was... have that bad matchup this year. Maybe the Bucks. No, they're bad. What's the line? Week one if, wild card: Bucks home against Dallas. Dallas is favorite in my. Dallas opinion. minus maybe minus two. Minus two and a half. Max. I think and I think the public would take Brady. No, I think the public would take Dallas and Brady would fucking do it again. <laughs> I mean, see. I think that we know be... that Dallas is not going to come out of the NFC this year. They blow it every year. It's something's going to get in their way. And Dude, I, don't I, think... I mean, sooner or later, you hear all those people, with all the teams that they're fans of, they're like, it's our year. Sooner or later, I mean, sooner or later, they're going to be right. Yeah. Yeah. Pollard, Zeke. CD Lamb, Gallup's is, back buzzing. Being a Cowboys fan, this is literally the best team we have had that I've ever seen. Yeah. It's just because of the defense. The defense, we've never had a defense like this. We're top three defense in the league right now. Without I, a doubt. I don't know. I could see the Cowboys like slipping up and doing so. That's what scares me. Is I don't like you guys killed Minnesota. That's the only <laughs> thing I'm going to say. I don't like you killed Whoa. Minnesota. Hopefully we won't have to play them again, but I th- I don't think they'd be a problem for us. Because it would be in Minnesota. Dude, Kirk Cousins against an elite defense, come on. You're getting 
Minnesota's a dome. It doesn't mean anything. I know. I know. I'm just saying it's home field in the playoffs. Yeah, you get that stupid skull chant. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I really think... <laughs> what a Dallas thing to say is, is this is our year, right? Yeah. It's literally like the team that says it the most. Yeah. Them and yeah, like Texas I don't football. buy into it. I don't believe it. The only reason I believe it, it this year is because the competition is weak. Yeah, the NFC. I mean, you guys could run the table in the NFC, but... It's gonna be. It's gonna come down to like. I hope it comes down to like an Eagles Cowboys NFC Championship. Oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh my. Beal is god, coming on for dude. that. If if that comes down to that, Beal is. I'm not even. It's not even a question. The only problem is at this point in time, it's almost impossible. Actually, not really. I guess. But if we if if it, you if play it, the Eagles in the playoffs, he's coming on. Oh, 100 percent. We're doing a live recording. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be that'd be some uh that'd be some good TV. <laughs> you know he'd be such a dick whenever they scored or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what game we left off. Yeah, what game were we on? That was the oh, Vikings and the Lions. Vikings Next Lions, up we're gonna yeah. jump into the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills, another one o'clock matchup. The Bills are the favorite here at nine and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus four thirty in the over/under, sitting at forty-three and a half. The trends I got for this one are that the Jets are five and twenty-four straight up, eight and twenty-one against the spread in their last twenty-nine divisional games, and the Bills are two and nine straight up and three and eight against the spread in their last eleven games played in Week fourteen. So another one where the trends do not sit well with the two teams at bat here. Huff, you want to get us going on this one as well? Yeah, this is an interesting game. Divisional matchup, I always say take the points. You see a nine-and-a-half point underdog. And this Jets team, uh, they've been hanging in games. I know it's in uh, Buffalo. I don't obviously don't know the weather status, but anytime you have a, a December game in Buffalo, uh, it's going to be a pretty cold one you or at least anticipate. But you got Mike White, who's been a pesky quarterback for this Jets team, taking the Vikings down to the brink of time last week. Uh, losing on a last-second interception, obviously. Um, but, I mean, it was points or go home anyway, so he threw the pick on. I think it was fourth down anyway. But Braxton Berrios not down. able to hold – yeah, Braxton Berrios not able to hold on to that uh, touchdown earlier. Um, or, no, that was the second try. They ended up getting the ball back. Braxton Berrios not able to hold on. Um, Jets could have won that game. But this is a – they're hanging around in games, but I like Buffalo with the points here. I don't – I just think – this is the time of year where Buffalo is going to get back on track. I know they haven't really looked good, but in the divisional game, I hate taking nine and a half points. So um, right now, I'm leaning Jets, but I, I see if you, I don't know what side you're on. I like I, this is a very I could go either way on this one. This is the a tough one. Is, the only problem is the uncertainties on Mike White. I mean, I I wrote him last week. Um, he had so many chances to win that game. We had. Second and goal from the one-yard line. I backed line, Mike White plays. last week. I said take the Jets last week. And obviously, I think it, the obviously Vikings minus three hit and probably was the right play. The mo- I think it was covering the whole game. But, it was. Um, Mike White, just pesky and hanging around. He's hanging around, but he's not doing enough. He, had, he, he If he had whoever – who did they beat the week before? I'm not going to be able to tell you right now. Um, Bears. They blew out the Bears. Um, if he played – 
anywhere to against that te- against uh, the Vikings like he did against the Bears, that's a win. I mean, he didn't have to do that much to beat the Vikings. He had multiple chances at the end of the game to win it. You're on the you're on the one yard line, second and goal. You should get into the end zone. You should find a way into the end zone. I know yeah. Barrios kind of dropped the ball. It was thrown behind him. Make a better pass on fourth down, fourth and goal. Um, and then you have another minute and a half, and you're just, it's just not, he's just not doing enough to win football games right now to where I can take them in a game like this. I mean, we saw it last week, but what uh, what the Bills did against a, superior, or a less superior opponent is, in uh, the Patriots, and they just they never really gave him a chance to score the football. I know they scored a garbage, didn't they score a garbage time fo- uh, touchdown at the end or something like that? Um, they just didn't, they never really had a grip on that game at all, and um, I just don't I don't know how can you really take a team that you question to put up points on put up points on the board. So I think the Bills definitely get it done right now. Um, they're rolling right now. They're on a three game winning streak. Looking at the uh, they they, they uh, have a firm grip on the division now after the Dolphins lost last week. So they're going to keep rolling right now. I think they definitely get this win. Jets are kind of falling off. Um, but I don't know. I'm not really going to bet on this game because I think Mike White does have it in him to get it done. And at the end of the day, the Jets can win this football game, and I wouldn't count them out. We've seen crazier things this year. Um, yeah, that's all i really got to say about this game. Yeah, that's, that's spot on how I feel. I think I, like Minnesota, I think I like Buffalo, but obviously being at home, 10-point favorite. It, it looks right, but I could see the Jets backdoor cover this one too. I just it's so I, hard to take that big spread. I do like I do like the Jets to cover nine and a half points in this game. I just can't rely on them to put up the points when I just don't have confidence in the quarterback against a top five defense in the NFL. Yeah, Jets might be this might be the, one of the bigger spreads of the week. Jets could be, Jets could be the the teaser spread if anyone. Mm, we got the teaser. Cowboys coming yeah. out. Yeah. Did you take a look at that Cowboys spread? Mm-mm. Right, we'll get Actually, I mean, I looked at I looked through the games, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Seventeen. Oh wow! Oh, it's Houston. Yeah. I would not tease Houston. <laughs> that could be a forty-five point game. <laughs> <laughs> get into this next one i'll be going to this yes huff is going to this next one we will go to him first here the baltimore ravens at the pittsburgh steelers the steelers are a two and a half point favorite minus 146 on the money line and the over under at a low 36 and a half no trends from me here but lamar sidelined at the beginning this week here with his injury still what do we think about that huff get us going um yeah this Obviously, you get Lamar Jackson coming into this game with a PCL injury. Uh, it's not looking like he's going to play, but anytime the Ravens plug Tyler Huntley into the lineup, he's shown that he's capable of doing it and getting the job done. We saw last week when Lamar went out, um, the Ravens actually kind of got like a little spark on offense, and they ended up getting the game-winning drive. Tyler Huntley ran one in uh, for the game winner against Broncos. Um, I had Broncos plus the points. Not a big deal, but um, <laughs> Ravens deal. sticking around. They just, <laughs> they just can't. Ravens just can't score points. They're an under team right now. Last week was an under game, 10-9. Um, Ravens can't score points. Steelers are have things rolling for them. They look good the last couple weeks. Kenny Pickett is starting to string together a couple of very good games. Um, not very good. Good games for a rookie, in my opinion. And what he's working with, he's starting to really make major steps throughout his offense or throughout his offensive skills and decision-making. Um, I really like what I'm seeing from him. Steelers look good. Najee looked 
like himself last week. Uh, Steelers at home, divisional game, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, it's obviously I didn't expect the Steelers to be a favorite in this spot, but um, I like a minus two-and-a-half. I'd like to make sure a couple guys are playing, but I like the Steelers minus two-and-a-half. Tyler Huntley's a scary player, uh, and I think the Ravens have a definite chance to win this game and come in here and steal a win, but um, the Steelers team is rolling right now. Mike Tomlin against the Ravens. Uh, I like the Steelers at home. T.J. Watt, he'll be chasing down Tyler Huntley. I know he's a quick son of a bitch, but uh, we got guys coming from all in. So Steelers minus two and a half. I like it. Yeah, I'm definitely leaning uh, with your Yinzers here this week. Um, I know Tyler, Tyler Huntley had a pretty good game last week. He was 27 for 32. He, no, no, he threw an interception, but at the end of the day, he got the job done, um, especially coming off an injury. So he wasn't really expect, uh, expecting to go into that game. You know, you have a week to game plan now. So he'll come out a little better. Um, that being said, Steelers Steelers look pretty good. Like you were saying, you know, Kenny Pickett's uh, starting to feel himself. Him and George Pickens got something going. You got TJ back or TJ Watt back in full effect. Um, this team just looks good right now. They're coming off a few wins. What are they five and seven now? Something like that. Yeah, fighting for a playoff spot now. Yeah, I mean that, that that team's no longer a bottom five team in, in the NFL now that you got TJ Watt back. Obviously, that defense back in full full swing. Um, yeah, Lamar Jackson being out is huge for this Ravens team and a team that's really been underperforming all year. Obviously, it's not really him. It's, it's uh, the entire team around him. Defense doing all right, but um, not doing enough to get the wins. Obviously, we saw against Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I really like the under here. It's a divisional matchup. Obviously, you got Pittsburgh defense, and you got an injured uh, quarterback on the other side of the field. So I really like the under. What is that, 38? 36 and a half that's what low. I got. It's always low between these teams. Oh my god, thirty six and a half. I I still like it. I think it's like single. It's one team could end up with single digits in this game, um, but I do like the Steelers to cover two and a half points. Just in the divisional matchup and and uh, everything that's gone into this game. Have they played each other yet this year? No. No, they haven't. All right. Yeah, I th- I think the home team. I think the Steelers can get it done this week. Excited to see. Uh... What happens there? Those look pretty good. Yeah, I Ty- agree. Good. Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley's the type of quarterback that if he was on any other team, and he comes in for like, for example, like, I don't know, Matt Ryan when Matt Ryan went down for the Colts. If Tyler Huntley comes in and he's a total like different style quarterback than what's in what his backup is, I feel like he's like in a game like that where no one's game planning for him to come in. He's such a dynamic player that if you're game planning for a pocket passer and you have him come in the game. He's going to tear up a defense, but when you're game planning for a guy like Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley comes in, it's like, okay, is this, you know what I mean? Like, I know he's not it's as good. It's the same but... thing, except not as hard. So, I mean, exactly. you're, you're set up for uh, for failure right right off the bat. Yeah. I like the Steelers. That was actually a good point, yeah. I mean, they already have him game plan, basically. But literally, it's they have a better version of him already game plan. So when he steps in, it's like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, and obviously, like I said, he's a, he's a good, he's a good player when he comes into games. I don't want to say he's a good, great, like a great quarterback. He's a good backup. Obviously, I'd love to have him as a backup, but, um, I just think that's interesting. I'd like to see him maybe if he would, if Lamar signs a big deal, I'd be interested to see what Tyler Huntley does. Not saying he deserves like a starting spot or anything, but maybe like go to a team where there's kind of a quarterback battle. Where if he leads a team to like six wins, he could get a contract. Yeah, that'd be cool. Good, it'd be cool. Good for him. I think he might have just signed a deal with Baltimore. 
Could be wrong on that. I think that's going to be one of the better matchups here on Sunday. Low scoring, but close competitive matchup. Next one o'clock Pat game. Pat first touchdown. Ooh. It's probably like plus 1,400. Probably. Probably more. Will not be on my card. <laughs> Next game up is the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. The Eagles are the favorite here at 6.5 points. The money line sitting at minus 295 in the over-under sitting at 44.5. The trends I got here are the Giants are 7-1 and one against the spread in their last eight games when playing as the underdog. The Giants are also 9-3 and three against the spread in their last 12 games. And the Eagles are 9-2 and two straight up in their past 11 on the road, but they're 6-15 and 15 against the spread in their last 21 away games overall. Pretty two, two pretty dominant teams here this season, both uh, performing pretty well, especially the Eagles. What do we think, Mackie? Get us going on this one. Uh, yeah, definitely a game where the Eagles can um, have some trouble with. Uh, you got a divisional matchup, two teams that haven't seen each other yet this year. Got each other twice in the next uh, four weeks, I think. But the Giants are pretty good. Giants look good. Um, coming off a tie to another divisional opponent, you know they they really like to they really like to um, make their fans sweat in those type of games. And obviously they couldn't come back and uh, figure that one out, so it ended on a tie. But it's really not a loss for. The, it's not a bad uh, bad outcome for the Giants as they're sitting in a playoff spot right now, and anything but a loss is good for them. Um, plus seven points in this in this situation. I like them. I like them at home. I really think that they could figure it out. The divisional matchup. Uh, it's going to be a lot less scoring than usual, and you know, ground and pound with Saquon Barkley and just play a simple game. And I think they can cover a seven point spread and maybe even get a win in this situation. Um, Eagles are obviously good. They're gonna they're gonna do their own thing. But we've seen um, we've seen the Giants win these type of games all year, and I think this is another good spot on their home field to uh, get an upset and you know. Give, give the Eagles another loss. I'm right there with you. I like the Giants in this spot. I'm going to take the points. Uh, I hope I can get a plus seven maybe, but I think the Giants are able to hang around, like you said, at home, at life, divisional game. I'll take the points. I like the Giants. They've had things going for them. Last week took them plus two, and the tie is big. Giants Giants are really good at uh, finding ways to cover take, football games. Take the points with the Giants, though. Yeah, always take the points with the Giants. The Giants are nine and three against the spread this season, five and two against the spread at home. Yeah, they're wagons. Vanilla Vic. Did you see Saquon called them that? I uh, know I didn't. That's actually so funny. Yeah. Alrighty, boys. Next matchup is the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. Another six and a half point favorite in the Bengals' favor. Their money line minus two fifty, and the over/under sitting at forty-seven and a half. No trends from me here. What do we think is going to happen in this one? The Battle of Ohio. Mackie, you want to get us going with this one as well? Yeah, it's going to be a really weird game because I I would normally think that the Bengals come out and smoke them after obviously what happened on that Monday Night Football game where they got slaughtered by 20 points. Nobody saw that coming. And, you know, they're coming off a win against uh, the greatest quarterback in football and probably the best, the most scariest team in football right now, the Kansas City Chiefs. So that team's riding a high horse right now. They're 8-4. and four. 
they're uh, one of the obviously one of the better teams in the in, in the AFC, and they're looking to be the best team in the AFC or AFC North right now. Um, but you know, it's just too easy to say that they're uh, they're going to come out and smoke this game, especially after Deshaun Watson's got another week under his belt. Obviously, he hasn't played football in what six hundred days, so he had a he had a rough outing against against uh, his former team in the Houston Texans in his first game back. But he's just getting back into that system right now, and that team's just trying to figure it figure it out. Him and Amari Cooper are going to get that connection, and it can come as early as this week. You got a nice divisional opponent this week. Um, you're going to have to throw the ball up, throw the ball up a few times after Jamar Chase makes his plays. Amari Cooper needs to make his plays. So you could see some Deshaun Watson um, confidence in this game, and I think it's going to be a closer game than a lot of people expect. Um, I see a lot of points going up on the board. I don't think that Browns defense contains. Joe Joe Burr like they had like they did in that last game and I think uh, with all the confidence he has right now and all of his receivers healthy, he'll be able to um, move the ball downfield the entire game. So I like the points in this game, but um, I think uh, I think Browns find a way to cover six points in this game. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think uh, it's a weird game, but the point that you made that I really liked that I was going to say uh, another week under Deshaun Watson's belt. I really like that you said that. Obviously, that's huge. Last week was a very emotional game for him. First game back. He hadn't played in how many days. It's against Houston, your former team. All the uh, victims, some of the victims were there. So, like, there was a lot of stuff going around that game. He ends up getting the job done, uh, getting the win, covering the spread. Uh, He's coming into this game, like you said, in a very different situation than the Bengals are. Bengals are looking to lead the division and kind of step away with things as the Ravens start to struggle maybe and pick up an L this week in Pittsburgh with Lamar out. Uh, but the Bengals, I don't, I can't take a minus six, minus six and a half, six here. I like, I like the Browns. I think Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, they're able to keep this thing close. Kareem Hunt, uh, like you said, Amari Cooper. I think the defense is able to do a little more than uh, it sounds like you're acting, but I think the over is is in play. But I like the Browns plus six. Yeah, it just seems like a little too much points right now, you know what I mean? I don't like that many points in a divisional game. It's AFC North, dude. They, they, I feel like they never cover, no team covers six and no, a half in the ever, AFC North. ever, ever. Especially with all the money coming in on Cincinnati. I think there's over like 80% of the money already on it, already in on I Cincinnati. just saw like 76, I think. People are going to exaggerate that win last week. For sure. Going to be a good battle of Ohio there. But I think, uh, yeah, six and a half is an odd one for that one. So let's move forward to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are the favorite in this matchup at three and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 196 in the over-under, sitting at 41 and a half. No trends from me here. But the Jags just one and five on the road this year, while the Titans are three and two at home. So what do we think is going to happen here, Huff? Take it away. Yeah, Jacksonville, Tennessee, uh, AFC South matchup. The AFC South has been very underwhelming this season. Uh, The Titans last week in a tough matchup against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I like the Eagles in that matchup. I said the A.J. Brown revenge touchdown. I think he ended up going for two. Um, But Titans coming off a tough loss. They're coming home against a struggling Jags team uh, who just took a tough beating from a pretty hot Detroit Lions team. Um, But Titans minus three and a half is going to be an interesting uh, play here because I think they only win the game by three, but I don't necessarily love this Jags team enough right now uh, to take them. I have been taking them a couple times throughout the past couple of weeks, so I could end up on the Jags by Sunday, but um, right now I think the Tennessee 
is looking at this as a get-right game. It's a divisional matchup. I love, and I'm usually saying take the points, take the points. Um, this Jags team, it's going to come into a very tough environment for a Tennessee team that needs a win uh, after, like I said, a tough loss last week. I think they're looking to get right. Uh, we love that term. So I don't know which side I'm on necessarily for the spread, but it's a big game for Tennessee, and that's kind of my takeaway from this. Yeah, um, I don't. I didn't hear what side you were on. My bad. What did you take? I didn't really pick a side. I said I think Jags plus three and a half. If I had to make a pick on the spread, but I think the Titans win the game, and that's such a tight window. So yeah, I don't know necessarily which side. This is a really tight window, and Titans haven't really looked like themselves the last few weeks. They're on a two-game losing streak. Obviously, still sitting pretty in that division, seven and five. Obviously, uh, with how weak that division is. Um, that's what I mean. Though, I think- this is a must-win game for them. What'd you say? I said this is like a must-win game for them. For who? The Titans. Not re- I mean, not really, dude. Colts are sitting at four, eight, and one right now in second. I'm place. saying they just—you don't want to slip this up. You don't want to slip up on this. No, like, you're definitely right. You're right, and you don't want to, you know, losing after after the last two games, games. Yeah. This is a uh, for, for for not for like record standing wise, but for confidence and like for the rest of the season wise, this is a must-win game. Yeah, you're definitely mm-hmm. correct on that one because. Um, you know they got blown out last week. In a Titans are are ex- expected to be in games like that where you're playing the best team in the league and you're not getting beat by 25, 35 points. So obviously you lose a lot of confidence there. But in this situation, I mean Jags coming off a tough loss to the, to the Lions. Um, I mean they're one and five on the road this season. They're obviously not a road team. Um, I don't I don't know. I just uh I I think it's this a tough game. cover four points here. I think Derrick Henry can find a way to tear apart this defense after a really really rough week against the Eagles uh against that Eagles defensive line. Obviously, it's a superior defensive line, but he's got he's got to get back on track this week and I think he knows that and I think he's he knows that this entire offense just revolves around him and if he's not going, that offense isn't going. So, he'll find his ground game this week and I think that they're going to be able to cover a four-point spread against a struggling Jags team. Great stuff out of that 1 o'clock matchup. Let's move forward to our final 1 o'clock matchup this week. In Week 14, the Houston Texans at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are the heavy favorite this week at 16.5 points. Their money line sitting at a solid minus 1,400, and the over-under sitting at 45.5. No trends from me here, but a dominant one in ten Texans against the nine and three Cowboys. Mackie, what do you think about this matchup? Your Cowboys, sixteen and a half point favorites. Yeah, I mean, obviously a ridiculous spread. I think it's a little exaggerated after a thirty-three nothing fourth quarter last week against. Um, I'm blanking right now. Who the fuck? The Colts. So uh, obviously, books are Vegas is really high on Dallas right now. Seventeen point favorites. 16 and a half, whatever you said. I think it's the highest of the season, too. So Dallas isn't going to choke up and lose this game. It's obviously a, situa- a situation where they're at home and they're just going to find a way to, you know, get enough first downs, get enough, uh, get in the end zone a few times and just win this game. I think the, the defense will be able to do enough to um, keep te- keep the Texans out of the end zone as well. It's just not a, not a line I would ever look at betting on. I wouldn't even really tease it, to be honest. You tease a five points, you're still looking at an 11-point spread. And I wouldn't, te- I wouldn't trust the Titans to cover a 20-point spread either. So um, just one of those games where, uh, you know, a 1-10 team against a 9-3 team and you see a high spread. I think Dallas gets it done. Um, I kind of like the under. I don't think t- Texans find a way to put up any points, really. Um, I think Davis Mills is back for this game, so it's not 
what the hell was that guy's name? Kyle Allen. Kyle just, Allen. What? Kyle Allen. Yeah, you're yeah, right. He's just absolutely atrocious. Um, but I think with Davis Mills back, they'll be able to. I don't know, do something to not just not throw multiple interceptions in their own in, on their own side of the field to uh, set Dallas <laughs> up. So. I like the under in this game, but uh, I'm not touching that 16 points. It's, that's just uh, pretty ridiculous to me. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm always the one saying these double-digit spreads, it's so hard to win a game by 16.5 points. But um, we saw with Dallas, like you just said, 33 nothing in the fourth quarter last week uh, against a struggling Colts team. Um, if that doesn't happen, if that fourth quarter, say Dallas wins that fourth quarter 7 nothing, and they still cover 10, um, and the score is just not as exaggerated, what do you think the spread of this game is? No, I think it's probably sitting at thirteen and a half, maybe four. That's what I said. I, I was saying I was saying it was gonna be thirteen and a half. They gave him the extra three points because they kicked ass in the fourth quarter last week. Look look at the first three quarters of that game last year. Or last week. That's a twenty one to nineteen game or whatever it was. I mean that's that, yeah. Dallas is not running away with that game. If that game ends in a five point game, we're looking at a ten point spread this week. And yeah. Obviously, you know, what happened happened. Colts forced some passes. Dallas made some plays. Defense looked stellar, but that's we didn't we, we didn't really win that game by 35 points. Like we did, but we it wasn't like that. So, I just think this is a very exaggerated line and um I think a lot of people are going to jump down jump on it too. Yeah, I'll be staying away from this game. I like your opinion on the under though. Yeah, as long as I mean, we've seen Dallas put up 40 points, 50 points, so as long as they don't do that, I think we we should be good here. Be like we need it to be like the game that we need it to be like the game that you took the over in Minnesota Dallas, where it was forty to three, and you literally just needed a touchdown from Minnesota. That was disgusting, yeah. But I could see like a like a 31, 31 to ten game. What's the over under? Mm-hmm. 45, 46? Yeah, 45 and a half. It just kind of blows my mind. Sixteen and a half. That's over, you know, a third of the over under. Like I know it's the Texans. I get it, but like that's wild. So, it's probably they gonna think probably, probably be projecting they think like 31-15. I was going to say 28-13. It's only 42 though. You got 31 31-15. would be 46. That's 16. I think they're probably spread. picking 31-14 cuz that would be what 30 that's 16 and a half points. Yeah, so uh Dallas over under is probably like 30 and a half and then Texans is probably like 14 and a half yeah I lean Dallas but it's tough to take that big spread great stuff out of the one o'clock slate you guys said it that is a huge spread not sure what to do about that one we will see here on Sunday let's move forward to the four o'clock matchups the first one we have is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos Chiefs are the favorite here at nine and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus four thirty in the over under, sitting at forty three and a half. No trends from me in this matchup, so let's shoot it over to Mackie. Mackie, why don't you take this one away as well? Uh, we got another uh, divisional opponent here. Obviously, um, two completely opposite teams, as in the Chiefs are uh, top three offensive team in the league, and Broncos are dead last. Um, Broncos coming off a 10-9 loss to the Ravens. Uh, no, no Lamar Jackson for the majority of that game. Obviously, we didn't we didn't see any touchdowns from the from the Broncos. Russell Wilson still looking like prime Russell Wilson uh, this season. Just can't really figure it out. That being said, this game being played in Denver, I think a nine and a half point spread might be a little too much in a divisional matchup. Um, 
Denver's obviously the mile high city. It's a tough place to play. Um, Mahomes can't really count him out at any point, no matter where you're playing. You could be playing on Mars, and I'd still take him. But it's just a, uh, it's just like, uh, fuck, I'm having a brain fart. Give me a second. It's just a divisional matchup where uh, I, I don't really want to take a nine and a half point spread. As you're gonna see a lot of money going on Kansas City, and uh, everyone wants a revenge game after they they uh, Mahomes lost to uh, the Bengals last week. So. I'll probably be staying away from this game. I do think the the Chiefs do get back on track here and get a win here, but uh, I'm not going to be touching a nine and a half point spread. I like the under in thin air. Yeah, Broncos unders have been locks. I might be looking at my first half under again on this one. I've been taking that usually with their games. Uh, it's to start that little trend when I started taking that bet. It was really only on the primetime games, and now I've really just been kind of using it on the Broncos games, and it's been hitting. Um, this week, obviously, playing a Chiefs team that's capable of scoring so many points. Like you said, it's scary to go against the Chiefs, but I like the Broncos here, plus 9.5. I took them last week, plus 8.5 in Baltimore. Obviously, I got an injury to Lamar Jackson, and they only lose by one. I really liked the money line. I almost almost took the money line, not on the card. I was going to take it off the card. Um, just little sprinkle. Obviously, I had the points already, but um, I like the Broncos here, plus 9.5. not saying they're going to win this game. I would not take the money line on this one, but divisional game, 9.5 points. Um, if the See, the thing is with the Broncos, they play so slow, and get the, the clock is running, and the game just ends up – it's obviously an under game, and when you're playing that slow game style, it's hard to put up and win by two possessions. And a team like the Chiefs, they're more capable of it than anyone last week take, taking a loss to the, uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, they're looking at this game as we need to come out, dominate this game. It could be 14 nothing before Denver even thinks about it, but I think Denver backdoor covers, gets the job done. I don't necessarily know how they'll do it, but I like Denver plus 9.5 in this spot. Divisional matchup, I'll take the points, especially at home, like you said. Yeah, and like I feel like at this point in Mahomes' career, he doesn't really cover these high spreads against inferior opponents. I saw a stat that... When Mahomes goes down 10 points, he has the best winning percentage in NFL history. <laughs> it's probably like 750. Yeah. That's wild. I believe it, though. Huff, you can't stop taking those Broncos week in and week out. It's starting to pay off. You're right. I switched to, I switched to the under for a couple of weeks, uh, for, and that was kind of what started my little streak. But... I wasn't. I don't think I was ever really taking them too many times on the card, but I don't think you took them on the okay. card. You just kept talking about it on the pod. Yeah, no. It's worth last week. Now You're right. I'm gonna ride it. Yeah, Bron- yeah. Broncos country, let's ride. We haven't heard that in a while. Let's ride. Who is this guy? Who is this guy that the Red Sox just signed? Japanese outfielder Masataka Yoshida. Sweet name. No idea. Where's he from? I don't know. It just says a free agent. Five years, eighty-five million dollars. So he's got to be somebody. He's got to be some, for like national player from over there. Interesting. I've never heard of him. I mean, I could be wrong. Good little tidbit out of the MLB there to wrap up that game here. Another four o'clock matchup we have is the Carolina Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are the favorite here. At minus four, their money line sitting at minus 200 and the over-under sitting at 43.5. No trends from me here. Six and six against the spread for both the Seahawks and the Panthers this season. 
Huff, do you want to get us going on this matchup? Yeah, Seahawks-Panthers. Um, for my Seahawks fandom career, um, I feel like every time the Seahawks and Panthers get together, we have a very close game. Uh, and obviously you see a four-point spread here. Carolina is going to be going with Sam Darnold, I believe, again. Mackie, do you know the answer to that? Uh, yeah, they are. Okay. And Sam Darnold had a little bit of a resurgence uh, last week. Or who'd they play last week? The Panthers. Who'd they play? Broncos. Yeah, was it? No, Broncos played the oh, Ravens. Oh, no, they, they had a bye last week. They played the Broncos They had a bye. Okay. Okay. So Panthers are coming off a bye here. Uh, Seahawks are coming home. Last week, Seahawks took a tough loss. Or no, they ended up winning that game. I, I thought they I thought they ended up losing that game. They won on the last second drive with uh, Metcalf. I'm blanking all over the place about this one, but I like the Seahawks in this spot. Minus four. I think they come home, get the job done. Um, I th- it's a team that's pesky to bet against, and they're getting the job done. Four points is a lot in this spot. I don't really necessarily know if I'll be taking this on the card, but Carolina is a tough team to bet on. Uh, they have guys like Foreman that are capable of getting in the end zone. Um, but and Sam Darnold's such a questionable player, but I don't know if you'll see this on my card, but I'm obviously leaning with Seattle here. Yeah, I'm definitely on the same side as you here. It's going to be interesting to see how Sam Darnold comes out. Obviously, um, he had he had a nice performance against the Broncos two weeks ago when he uh, when he I think they won twenty three ten something like that. But um, I I really do like the Seahawks here. I think after, especially after getting a nice win last week, they were behind the entire game. Um, they're looking at a six 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 record, and all of a sudden, they get the win, and they're still in a wild card spot, and they're sitting at seven and five, and they have a lot more to play for this year. So, you know, Geno Smith is just he's he's him, right? He's him this year. He's figuring out ways to win football games. He's not no fluke. He's making uh two minute two minute drill drives, uh, winning football games. He's just he's doing it all this year. And Panthers have been absolutely atrocious on the road this year. They're zero and five on the road. Um, this could be a closer game. Um, definitely, uh, the spread could definitely come into play here, but I, 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 um, I'm leaning Seahawks here, especially on their home field. I think that they're able to cover a four point spread and, uh, basically stay on track and stay in that, stay in that, uh, wild card hunt They're They're holding strong right now. And, uh, they got to take advantage of that Washington tie right now. I think you guys said it the best tough team to bet on for, at the, uh, for the Panthers. Seahawks might be the move here this week. The next 4 o'clock matchup, a rather interesting one. I think it's going to be a good game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are the favorite here at 3.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 184 in the over-under, sitting at a low 37.5, just one point above the Steelers and the Ravens. Two uh, two teams here. The Bucs not looking so solid this year, but might be able to do some damage against the 49ers. What do we think here, Mackie? This is going to be a pretty good game, especially um, with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo out. It's going to be a little more even. you got Brock Purdy running the, running that offense in San Francisco. But uh, I just think this is going to be a really, really frustrating game for Tom Brady. Um, he had three points going into the final three minutes of that game last, last night. Or not last night. I don't know why I said last night. Monday night. Um, obviously found a way to win. Um, scoring two touchdowns in the final three minutes against a pretty good defense, but he's looking at an even better defense now in the Niners, and he's been really frustrated. He's uh, He hasn't gotten a lot of help. His offensive line isn't giving him a lot of time. He's just really not all there this year, but um, I don't know. He's finding ways to win football games, but I do think that he is able to cover a spread in this game. I think Brock Purdy had a, he had a pretty good game last week. He looked confident. Um, he did enough, obviously, to, to get another win and uh, 
do more than enough to get a win. But I just think uh, the Bucks are going to have some film on him now, and it's, it's not just going to be uh, guessing guessing left and right. So it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think both defenses eat. You have, uh, obviously, Brady and the Bucks' offense has been struggling all season, so there's nothing nothing new there. You got a new quarterback coming in against a pretty good defense in the Bucks too, so I really like the under in this game. But I do think the Bucks can find a way to to uh, cover this game. I think you're going to see a lot of money coming in on the Niners, uh, just basically banking on their defense and Christian McCaffrey and Debo making some uh, plays on offense. But I don't know. I like the I like the Bucks here. I think it's a, a good spot for them, especially coming off a nice nice come from behind win, two touchdown come from behind. They have a little confidence right now. Huff, how do you feel about this game? Like you said, I think it's going to be a very good game. I really like this Brock Purdy-led team. Last week I had the Niners minus four, and you texted us. We didn't um, obviously anticipate to see Brock Purdy, and Garoppolo gets that injury, breaks his foot in the first quarter. Um, Purdy comes in, Mr. Irrelevant, first Mr. Irrelevant quarterback to ever throw a touchdown pass in the NFL. Um, so that's obviously a – Explain what that is, this uh, is a, just, just in case. Mr. Irre- the Mr. Irrelevant is the last quarterback drafted in the draft. Um, so basically – Sixth, seventh round guys. Oh, I thought it was like the last actual overall pick. Is that is it the last actual? Is it he, the last overall pick? Because I know he was the last. The maybe that's last what it pick is. The draft. Maybe that's what it is. I thought it was the last quarterback, but there's definitely. I feel like obviously Brady seventh round. Maybe he was last that year, and obviously we know what he's done. But um, I like what Purdy's done for this team and McCaffrey, Debo. That we know all the weapons in the defense for uh, for the Niners. But like you said, this Bucks team, they're struggling, but they get the job done. We know what Tom Brady's done over the course of his career. We saw him do it on Monday night to the Saints. As soon as they got the ball down 16-10, uh, to 10, that game was over. Uh, we've heard that. Uh, we've seen that all before, but it's poor decision-making on the Saints. Uh, you look at Mark Ingram run out of bounds on, like, second down or third down, uh, stop the clock, could have made it a first down, and everyone on the Bucks sidelines like, why did he just run out of bounds? But – Bucks are getting the job done, obviously, due to a guy like Brady at the helm. This is an interesting spread. Three and a half. I would not expect this to be a three and a half point spread. I know this Niners defense is really good. I like the under. I think we're going to see a very low scoring game, two elite defenses. Um, I know it's a very low total. It's kind of like how you said about the um, Steelers, Steelers-Ravens game. I like this under, 37 and a half. I think we see a very low scoring game. And just in case Purdy struggles against a pretty elite defense in Tampa Bay, um, I like the under more than anything, but I'm leaning Tampa Bay, but it's interesting. I, they've burnt a lot of people the past couple of weeks, so. Um, but now getting points in a game against San Francisco. San Francisco is a wagon at home, so this can be a really good game. This could be. Is this? Is, I think this is probably game of the week. This one's or Sunday night. Sunday night's gonna be a pretty good one, but um, definitely it's gonna be tough here. I don't know. I don't want to make a choice on the spread. I like the under. Uh, like I said, I don't think a lot of points will be scored, but um, we'll have to see which way I go on the spread. This is definitely a game I'll probably have a play on too. So, yep, sounds like kind of on the same page here. Um, just to get back into it, Mr. we Irrelevant. might get Niners minus three and a half, or minus three though. So, like, if you like the Bucks, you might want to do it now because you think it's gonna move. Bucks minus uh, or Bucks plus three and a half is minus one twenty. Hmm. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna go down to minus three. Um. So. Say what you're gonna say, Mackie. That was good. 
Yeah, Mr. Irrelevant is the is the last pick of the National Football League draft. And fun fact, Brock Purdy is the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to throw throw a touchdown pass. That is the last pick. I thought it was October. Interesting. That's why I thought it was last quarterback because the stat was he was the first one to throw a touchdown. Good stuff out of those four o'clock games. The boys seem to like the under in the two lowest total games of the week. So I'm curious to see what plays come out here on Sunday. So let's move forward to the Sunday primetime game, the Miami Dolphins at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Dolphins are the favorite here at minus three. Their money line sitting at minus 172 in the over-under, sitting at 52.5. At the beginning of this segment, I stated that the Chiefs will clinch the AFC West this season, or this weekend, with a win over the Broncos, combined with the Chargers' loss to the Dolphins. So a Dolphins win here could help out the Chiefs in some fashion. But the trends I got for this matchup are that the Dolphins are 11-1 straight up in their last 12 games as the favorite, 10-4 against the spread in their last 14 games against the Chargers. The Chargers have lost five straight as the underdog and are 4-15 and against the 4-15 and straight up in their last 19 games when getting the points. The Dolphins are 12-5 against the spread in their last 17 games played in week 14. Huff, why don't you just get on, get us going on this Sunday primetime game, the Dolphins at the Los Angeles Chargers. This is, in my opinion, the easiest game of the week to call. Um, Sunday night, you have a team in this Chargers team that sticks around in uh, Sunday night football games. I love the Chargers plus three here, and it's looking like, like I said, reverse of the last game. We might get Chargers plus three and a half. A lot of money on the Dolphins. That's something you're going to want to look at. This Dolphins team didn't look good last week in the in San Francisco. Um, two is battling an ankle injury. Jalen Waddle's questionable with a leg injury. There's a lot of questionables on the Dolphins side of the field. Primetime game, Chargers at home. Herbert is notoriously known for covering on um, primetime, I feel like. Huge game. Um, the Chargers are looking to make another push. Obviously, they're injured. They're getting their offense back. They have guys like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams all back on the field. Uh, huge. I mean, the defense is still is what it is. They have guys like Derwin James, big name, questionable too. But uh, you got to think in a in a must win game for like this for the Chargers, uh, he's gonna go. I don't know necessarily his status, but um, I like the Chargers here plus three. I don't know how you're feeling, but I love the Chargers here. Yeah, I think this is a really good game, but I'm kind of on the opposite side as you. Um, just to get into it, I think Tua got exposed a little last week, um, finally played a really good defense in the Niners. And I know he threw for almost 300 yards, but when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you're always going to have your passing yards inflated. So, um, I mean, it's yards after catch, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how many yards are there after catch? Um, first first play of the game was a 75-yard touchdown, all after catch. So, right, right there, it's 75 yards. Um, with that being said, I don't think the Chargers have enough to – contained to it and that offense right now I think uh even on the road I think the Dolphins are going to find a way to get back and get back in business because I, they they are still one of the better teams in this league and uh I think they actually can make a run in that AFC if they can get a win or two under their belt maybe they can be the Cincinnati Bengals of this year but 
they're a good team, and I think that uh, Chargers are still struggling, and they're still injured. And when they are injured, say it with me, they are not a good football team. Not so, a good football team. <laughs> and they are still not fully healthy. So the Chargers, in my opinion, are still not a good football team. Hence not why a good football team. Last week, hence why they uh, got beat last week to the Raiders at home. But um, yeah. So I think uh, Dolphins beat teams that are that are uh, less superior to them and they lose to teams that are better than them and they're one of those teams that that uh it doesn't switch they don't they don't upset they don't get upset they just do what they need to do um and i think that this week they get it done i don't i don't know three points might be a little tough justin herbert's known for uh, losing one to two point football games but i think they do cover a three point wait what is it you say it's three points right now Right now it's three. This is another one. If you like the Dolphins, I'd do it now. Yeah, exactly. Because you could see up. minus three and a half quick. But I, uh, I like the Dolphins to get it done here. I think uh, the Chargers are uh, slowly watching their playoff chances just dwindle away. I'd have to, I'd have to look at the schedule, but I'm, I'd be curious to see who has. I know the percentage. I saw the percentage thing, like of who has the best percentage chance to make the playoffs, and like how it dwindles down to like the Steelers have a five percent chance to make it. Uh, I didn't necessarily look at the Chargers number, but obviously the Chargers in a tough division. The Steelers division kind of tanking right now, not necessarily tanking, but Browns getting back and the Bengals getting back. But uh, they're going to beat up on each other this week. Not saying the Steelers can win the division, but um, Steelers have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. I think we get Carolina. After an injured Ravens team, so we could pick up if two you, wins. Uh, no. If you can win this week, you're you're in good shape because you you're looking at seven and seven going, going uh your home two against Carolina, the Raiders six and seven going to Carolina and then we're home against the Raiders on Christmas Eve. What did you say about the Texans? No Panthers. Yeah, you play the Ravens this week. You get that win. You're six and seven, and then you, you should beat the Panthers next week. You should be seven and seven. Then you're looking at a home game against the Raiders where you could be above five hundred, and that'd be huge. Because then you have two divisional games coming up after that. Who is it, Browns? It's Ravens at Ravens and then versus the Browns week 18. i got to go to that Browns game. Deshaun Watson. We'll yeah, get some club seats up. It, it could also be a huge deciding factor if you guys make the playoffs or not. Exactly. That's going to be a huge game. If the Steelers win next, this week and next week, I might buy tickets to that last game. Just I to think. see if it ends up working out like that. What's your record right now, 5-7? and seven? Yeah, I think your best possible possible scenario is being nine and eight and sneaking in. Yeah, and we'd get who's the two seed right now? The Bills, Chiefs. We'd play the Chiefs again. <laughs> and be a thirteen point underdog. Yeah, you would be. Sunday primetime game as well as a little uh, playoff picture talk there lots of good stuff let's jump over to the monday primetime game aces new england patriots at the arizona cardinals the patriots are the favorite the patriots in so many primetime games it's wild isn't it yeah who wants to watch this team play football right not me (laughs) i feel like they've i feel like they've played 15 primetime games they've had they do play a lot they do (laughs) The Patriots are the favorite in the primetime game here on Monday at one and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 130 and the over-under sitting at 44 and a half. The trends I got here are the Cardinals are 1 and 11 straight up, 3 and 9 against the spread in their last 12 games at home, 2 and 12 against the spread in their last 14 Monday home games. 
The Patriots are 7-1 straight up and against the spread in their last eight games against the Cardinals, as well as 10-3-1 against the spread in their last 14 games as the favorite. Primetime game, so I think it's going to be tighter than it we think, but one and a half is a tough, tough spread. Who wants to get us going on this one? Yeah, this is a really big game for these New England Patriots sitting at six and six against a, you know, a Cardinals team that's four and eight, but they're definitely a scary four and eight football team. You know, they have the weapons. They have Kyler Murray, who can, you know, we we know what he could be at sometimes. We know what he can't be at sometimes, and you never know which Kyler Murray you're gonna get. Obviously, you can you have uh, DeAndre Hopkins over there. James Conner's been playing pretty good football. You got Marquise Brown back. I'm ninety nine percent sure he's back. So, um, you know, you got some weapons on that on that Arizona team right now. I just think this is a huge game for the New England Patriots. Um, in my opinion, if you lose this game, you're out, you're out of the playoffs. There's just way too many teams in that AFC right now that are one, two games out that you you can't be losing this game to a 4-8 opponent. I don't, I don't care who it is. I don't care where it is. Um, but that being said, I do think the Patriots do find a way to get it done here. Um, Cardinals are not a home team. They're 1-5 on on, at home this season. Um, Patriots need to get back on their feet. They're on a two-game losing streak. Should be on a three-game losing streak, obviously. Um, they got that win over the Jets in the 20 seconds left uh, kick return, so that was a blessing for them. But after that, they just have not been able to put up any good numbers. Uh, lost to the Vikings on Thursday Night Football Thanksgiving, and then they put up a, a shitty showing against the Bills last week in a divisional matchup. So I think this is a week where uh, Mac Jones can get it back on track. Uh, that that Arizona defense isn't really anything to rave about. Um, he can figure it out, and that defense is going to be able to contain Kyler Murray. Matt Judon should be able to apply enough pressure to where uh, he's running around in that backfield and getting sacked a few times. So I like the Patriots to win this game. Um, one thing I do want to say, though, when we did start this, we, we started at the beginning of the season, the first episode, we were predicting records, and I told Dace that the Patriots are going to be sitting at eight and nine or nine and eight at the regular end of the regular season, and I am more than confident that e- that they will end up with either eight or nine wins with the schedule they have left. And uh, you know, he was saying, you know, they're going to win eleven games this year, ten games this year, going to be a playoff team. They're not looking at a playoff spot anymore, and I don't think they make the playoffs either. So, um, but just that, I just wanted to get that off my chest. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I think the Patriots do end up winning this game and getting a, getting a much needed dub. And if they don't, well, their season's over. Yeah, so this is going to be an interesting game. Um, obviously, you have Kyler Murray in a primetime game, Monday Night Football. Um, like you said, not necessarily good on his home field. Um, I think the Patriots coming into this game is a three-point favorite. It's going to be a tough situation to take that Patriots minus three, in my opinion, right now at least this far out, uh, recording on a Wednesday, and obviously this being Monday Night Football. But um, I like one thing in this game, and that's the under. I think the uh, Cardinals could struggle against this Patriots defense. I think Belichick's going to bring a very defensive mindset to Arizona, run the ball, kill the clock, and we know what the Cardinals are good at, and that's getting the ball uh, to their weapons. One of their weapons right now, like you said, James Conner's been having a good past couple of games. Um, And if the Cardinals are able to get things going on the ground, I think we could see the clock running a lot in this one. 44.5, it's a lower total, um, but I like the under. Um, Not necessarily leaning aside right now, but obviously anytime you have a a 1.5 point spread, it's kind of tough. Um, but I don't know, like you said, a must-win game for the Patriots, but I think the Patriots might have peaked, and I think this is a game where the Cardinals could steal and kind of ruin the Cardinal or ruin the Patriots' playoff hopes, but 
Um, I like the under more than anything. Um, not to say I won't have a play on the spread on this one come Monday night, but um, at this point, I just like a, a low-scoring game. think it's going to be a tight matchup here on Monday night. We will see what happens then. But I think that's going to wrap up all we have this week in week 14 of the NFL. You guys got anything to add? No, just, you know, another week uh, talking sports. You know, maybe we can uh, have a good week this week. You know, we've been, we've been rolling. Huff has been rolling. Absolutely one of the hottest... Uh, Definitely in uh, out there right now. So if you're not riding him now, I don't know when you should. But uh, yeah, let's just keep uh, keep sending out these winners. Yeah, like you said, uh, four and one last night in the college basketball card. Just to touch on a little something, something. Uh, college basketball card's been rolling. Uh, I don't know the exact record, Mackie. If you want to pull that up, but 14, uh, NBA cards have been go ahead. fourteen five and two. We're up like seven and a half units. It's yeah, we've kind of we've started to pick up more in college uh, and kind of been avoiding some of these NBA games some nights. The NBA has been kind of tough to call lately. So uh, you'll see the NBA card pick up its activity. But right now we've been rolling in college. Uh, so that's definitely somewhere that we want to see, uh, you know what I mean, keep hitting while we can. Record's been good. Plays have been good. So um, got four plays out tonight, starting with Penn State tonight. So um, college basketball has been rolling. Uh, like you said to myself, my NFL card, 11-1 last two weeks. Um, I lost on Fournette anytime touchdown on Monday Night Football. So 11-1 in my last 12 plays, definitely something um, that I was looking for after the start of the season that I had. But uh, let's go week 14. Thanks for listening. Make sure you leave a, a like, comment, rating, the whole nine yards. Follow us on social medias. Hit the pod on Instagram. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, all the social media platforms. Stay tuned for all the picks. Like I said, college basketball, uh, NBA when we see it, NHL. NFL obviously every Sunday, every Thursday, Sunday, and Monday we got NFL plays coming out, uh, and definitely as we get into the later ends of the uh, ends of the month, we're gonna have the bowl games for college football just to look ahead for that one. But um, that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, let's have a good week 14 in the NFL. Um, best of luck to everyone on your bets. I know I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see you guys next week. That's gonna do it for me. Thanks for listening. Yes, sir. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please, like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.